Welcome to Blue Collar Love, the only Starflyer 59 podcast sponsored by Limoncello LaCroix. And if I was a monster, I would hide under the stairs. My name but is Daniel. Know. And my name is Aaron and Sam, you're a beautiful person. You'll never have to hide under any stairs. And three is always a crowd. Forget the five and make nine. Make nine. And tonight um, we have a special guest joining us. Um, we have. He doesn't have an intro for this one, but no, he doesn't. Mike oh. Perez. Hey, if Mike you listen to the if if you listen to the episode before, which I hope you did, um, you understand that. Um, go ahead, Sam. You take it. You explain. Well, Mike Perez, um, who may or may not be a living human being, um, <laughs> it, he sent us files. So. Um, all the songs that we're going to review tonight on we're going to review 2008's Bon Voyage Lies, the last Bon Voyage album in this place in history, 2022. And, <laughs> and um, Mike Perez has sent us one file per song, so we have no idea what's in them. We haven't listened to them. We got nothing. So it's it, no, we do. We, we do. Bon if you listen to the previous episode, um, he did say that he had some um, files of demos or early editions before the sounds are finalized. So we we have that. What they'll sound like, we have no idea. We're going to hear them just like you are for the first time. You're on Blue this wild exclusive. <laughs> yeah, we're riding this crazy train like Ozzy Osbourne, baby. <laughs> All right, so um, Lies by Bon Voyage, released in 2008, has, uh, you know, of course, Julie Martin on vocals, uh, Jay Martin on guitars and keys, Stephen Dale <coughs> coming in on bass, and Mike Perez on fire. all Everything the electronic else. <laughs> <laughs> Synthesizers, drum machines, probably some other stuff, too. I parked so, Aaron, you Give me your history with Lies. All right. So, again, at this point, I'm a full-blown Jason Martin fan. So, anything Jason Martin related, I got it. Whenever this came out, I think it's like October of 20 – I'm sorry, 2008. Um, I don't remember how I got it through Tooth and Nail Mail Order, Christian Bookstore, online somewhere. Who knows? But whenever the day it was released, I got it. (laughs) I know for sure. And for whatever reason, um, I liked it. I didn't hate it. I mean, I love Bon Voyage. And um, up to this point, the first two albums were amazing, very satisfying. But for whatever reason, I don't listen to this one on regular. And um, so this week or two that we've been prepping for, I've been listening to it a lot. And man, this is <laughs> probably Jason's most underrated album. This is pop perfection. This is Jason's funnest album. There's a little bit of, you know, like lying to me and, die, you know, my bones ache, you know, normal Jason stuff. But overall, this is a happy, fun album. This is like a party album. Like you can like play this like at a party and like just get people just bop into it. And it's just like, wow, this is like such a new take for Jason. Like, I don't I mean, there's no other popular, happier album he's created. And I really love it. I really dig it. It's like it's such a change up for him. It's like something different. It's just like, I mean, it's still typically Jason, but in a different context. Like when, I guess, David Bowie did that whole dancing song with Mick Jagger, but uh, I can't remember the name of that song. But whatever, y'all know what I'm talking about. But this is way better than that. It's just like a different 
um, different vibe for Jason, and he pulls it off well. Um, what do you think? What What's your thoughts, Sam? So um, I'm so I got into Bon Voyage when we started doing this podcast, but we've been doing this podcast for almost three years, right? So um, it feels like 15. <laughs> Just like, no, it does. It feels like a month, actually. It's so great. But go ahead. <laughs> um, so out of all the Bon Voyage albums, this is the one I just didn't care for. Every time I listened, I was like, nah, nah. I'm with you. Me too. But in closer examining it, it's um, it's something interesting and special. We're going to get into it. Um, and you were talking about being a party album. I think if this is a party album, this is like a post-apocalyptic party album. This is the party album you put on to avoid your mistakes. You can almost say it's a giant lie that you tell yourself. I, I, I think it's more of a human album where it's like we, you know, we have this duality and I don't want to get too much because the first song deals with it of like good and evil or, you know, heartbreak and loss. But still when to celebrate yourself like, birth, you know, you on your birthday, you want to have a good time. It's, it's such a I don't think it's apocalypse. I think it's a human album that it's that explores so many common daily emotions that we all deal with in an upbeat manner. The music's amazing. Fair enough. We'll get into it. We will get into yeah. it. We will debate yeah. it. It's going to be interesting. Um, I will mention the the cover art. Um, I I don't know of the three Bon Voyage albums. I didn't love this cover art. Um, I think Julie Martin like looks pretty and stuff, but like I'm not a huge fan. With a few exceptions, I'm not a huge fan of just artists on the cover of their albums. Now there are exceptions to the rule that some of them I'm like, oh that looks really cool. But um, I don't know. This one just never struck me as like super fascinating or anything. I guess this this is my favorite Bon Voyage album cover because, like I was saying, I'm like with all the human elements in it, and like Julie Martin's like staring into the camera, just like a. I mean, it can be stoic, it can be pensive, it can be a lot of things, but it's just like. It's conveying that this is a and she's the lead singer, obviously, on this. So it's like she's the person that's conveying these vast myriad emotions that you're about to experience on this album. And she's just connecting, looking at you like I'm a human, you're a human. We're going to explore these things together. You know, and that's how I took it. Fair enough. Fair enough. I um, I think this album, and we'll talk about this as we go, but this album is definitely um continues the themes of marriage i think but you're right yeah. it's, it's more broad themes of this isn't just a marriage this is a relationship exactly yeah it's relationships every song's about relationships so this is gonna be this is gonna be nuts join us on this pony express <laughs> yeah, I, know um, it. I like it That's, yes this pony express and we're gonna make this work all right um traditionally we let our guests go first so i think it's only right um, we'll kick this off the first track. Um, do you have any other thoughts, Aaron, before we continue? Um, I think. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, I'll just you get this off. Okay, so I know we're most people who are listening to this. We're indie rock nerds, and we're not supposed to like pop music, and it's you know it's trash. But when you think about the bands that really influence a lot of people, the Cure, the Ramones, um. They're straight up pop, really, at the heart of what they do. And I think this is a straight up pop album done in a very creative way on 
on par with the Ramones, Cure, and some other massive bands that at the heart they're a pop. And so I and this album probably gets overlooked because Jason put out Americana, Leave Here a Stranger, Fast Focus, you know, all these indie pop, you know, albums, but at the, I mean, there's a reason why pop music is called pop. It's popular music because it, it, it scratches the itch of way more people. Like, so many of these songs we'll get into. Probably, if you if you played the, the any song, random song on this album, compared to anything on Americana, most people are going to like something on this album. It's just, I mean, it's just what it is. And so, let's not hate on pop. Sometimes pop is art. It's creative. And it's fine. You can bop out. You can just party and just sing along and dance mindlessly. It doesn't have to be super deep and creative all the time. That's uh, before we get into it. That's I mean, I, I don't care who you are. You know, the in my humble opinion, the best of any genre is just taking the the crap, the boxing, the confines of the genre and putting a pop sheen on it. Yeah, I, I think that's the best of any genre. It doesn't matter if it's metal, hip hop you know, rock, whatever, take your poison, you know, um, bluegrass, put some pop elements into it, and it automatically, most of the time, makes it better to me. Agreed. All right, so with that, we'll get into it. So, Mike Perez, what are your thoughts on Monster? This is the song I think of first when I think of this album. Well, actually, I think about Bad Dreams, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Jason gave me the demo recording for this song. It was a little over three minutes. As with all of the demos he sent, the songs were complete in structure, but didn't have any vocals. The demo for Monster had a drum loop with synth and guitar. The synth stuff was played by hand. No sequencer. I guess you can get away with that when you are an actual musician bass synth. Some phasing pads for the chords and staccato surf twang notes on his guitar. As a matter of fact, the guitar sounds very much like what is on the album. first crack at it produced a very boring song with only one synth line surviving to the final version. I scrapped most of that and began again. This time it sounded much like the album version. Since I never heard the vocals until a near final mix was made, it was always awesome to hear Julie's voice in context. This song was no exception. I really liked how this song came out.
Okay, well, that was a that was a ride. Um, it really was. <laughs> okay, so I'll give my thoughts on this, and I'll let you wrap it out, um, Aaron. All right. So my first thought was this song is so techno, which really all the demos he just played was so techno. I'm like, I think Jason woke up one day. So we know Bon Voyage is usually his attempt to play music that he doesn't normally play with a Starflyer outfit, right? So yeah. the first Bon Voyage was like his ode to 60s girl pop. And um, I think um, the right stuff was kind of his ode to let Ronnie do his thing. Mm-hmm. And so this is him going, hey, I remember Dance House Children. I wonder <laughs> if I can do that, but better. And he did it so much better. Um but man, this song, that breakdown around 109 is nice. I'm on the dun, dun, dun. It's just yeah. so good. Um, I'm completely baffled by these lyrics. Um, you know, like they're, but they're written by Mark Solomon. Um, so the, the Neil Gaiman gothic vibe makes perfect sense. Um, in fact, Aaron, what does this remind you of? These lyrics, this vibe. Okay, first of all, it reminds me, not techno, but more of um, EDM, New Wave. It's like New Wave um, mixed with EDM, girl pop, like you said. Um, Yeah, not too much techno. Um, There's way too many words in this to be techno. (laughs) And our, okay, so, and just, uh, okay, so the last two weeks, like, there's no words on the internet for for these for these for this album, so I've took it upon myself to transcribe, which we'll we'll put somewhere. Where did we decide, Sam? The we said uh, we're they're gonna, gonna be on Genius for sure. Genius, Genius yeah, we're gonna be on Genius.com. That's right. Um, and and as I was transcribing, I'm like, wow, there's a lot of words to this because again, I haven't listened. I can't remember last time I listened to this album before two weeks ago, and and I look into the booklet and it's like, you know co-written by Mark Solomon. I was like, makes sense. <laughs> and um, me and Sam talked about this before. And yeah, it sounds like a neon horse B-side, for sure. Um, totally. So it's like a neon horse EDM new wave song. Um, yeah, and there's also a band, if you haven't heard of Future Bible Heroes, please listen to it. It's a couple members from the Magnetic Fields that do a, an electronic synthesizer based music it's amazing um at um 46 minutes those pulsating synths are so dreamy the bridges between the verses and the between the verses of the course are banging this is pop perfection great start to this album it's my fourth favorite song of this album four stars fair enough stars now i just had a a thought Mm -hmm. the album's name is lies Yes. And I I wonder if okay, so I'm gonna see if I can relate every every song to some sort of lie we tell ourselves, particularly mm-hmm. about our relationships. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the song is all about if I was a monster, mm-hmm. you know, this is what I would do. If I was terrifying, I would thrill you, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So I wonder if it if the Hondar song could be looked at as a form of Sometimes we keep telling ourselves we're horrible people and we don't we're not good enough for our other person. 
and the it's it's a lie, you know, telling ourselves or, these lies that we're monsters. Or I think it could be like when the 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 one line, then I could turn, we could be good. If I could turn, we could be good. So it's like saying, you know, she says, you know, the the narrating songs, I'm a monster. Then I could turn, meaning to good. Then we could be good. But then it goes, if I could turn, not knowing if it's like a question, can I turn? Can I be good? And I, I think that's what the yeah. song's about. It's like a it's like a dichotomy of, you know, you, you're attracted to me because I'm a monster. You know, the whole thing, like the you know, girls love back or too much fun. Starfight song, girls love. Um, oh gosh, how's it go? Boys love talk. Whatever, like boys and um, boys love girls who push too much. Guys love girls who push too much. Being the bad girl, like, and we're attracted to that. But then the bad person realizes that they're probably not being the best for this person, and they want to change and turn. But can they? Because they're a monster, and I, that's how I took it. And you know, maybe the lie we tell ourselves sometimes is we can't change, and we can. But we can't change. We all can. It's just a yes, matter of exactly. will. Yeah. So yeah, it's fourth song. So next up we have Don't Lie. Who we're gonna who who is starting Aaron this song? All right, all right, all right. Um this is my second favorite song in this album. Also four stars. You'll notice a pattern here. Um, because it's just pop perfection. Um the bass work on this reminds me okay. Stephen Dale did the bass on this and on this song the the bass style and the just like the funkiness of it reminds me of prince's playing bass playing style sorry it's i know it's high praise coming from me but it's true it's amazing um at the minute one uh, minute one uh, minute 14 second the sense and the rhythm section sounds so sublime and then we get a from 141 to 156, we get a super dope bass solo from Mr. Steven Dale. <sighs> that and Julie's vocals are the highlight of this song. This song's a banger. Four stars. Um, and of course, the lie um, as the chorus goes. Um, like like Sam said, you know, there's like a recurring, I mean, the album's called Lies, and so maybe there's lies in this album, but, you know, don't you lie when you look me in the eyes. Don't you lie because you do it every time. I mean, this song's pretty straightforward. It's about somebody who's lying about something, infidelity, finances, or something, and that's the song's about. What do you think, Sam? So I do want to say that transition from track one to two is so on point. Yeah. One of the best Jason Martin transitions I've probably ever heard. Okay. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm loving the production in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned it, Stephen Dale's bass. Mwah! So good. Um, so I think this song Prince is level. definitely... Prince level's good. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, you know, we Stephen talked about that when we interviewed him. He said, you know, Jason was specifically seek out people who's better at the instrument. He can play all the instruments, but he seeks out people who that, that's their specialty. So he can get that extra touch that he couldn't do himself. And he nailed it with this choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And before I even saw your lyrics that you transcribed, just listening to the song, like this song is, I think it's definitely exploring the tension that inevitably happens in a long-term relationship. Um, sometimes, you know, that person lies to you or does something to you that you just didn't like, and it makes it hard to trust them. And, you know, it's because we're human. It was like you were saying about the beginning. This album is a lot about humanity. As humans, we are going to fail each other. It's just, it's inevitable. It's going to happen at some point. I will let you down. And um, you still want to trust that person. You know, if you truly love them, you want to trust them despite the mistakes they have made. And and vice versa. And so I think that's what a lot of this song is about. Um, it honestly... Between the bass, some of the loops, the lyrical themes, it reminds me of some like something that could be on talking voice versus singing voice, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And just another thing too, like uh, all the Bon Voyage albums, they're about marriage and they're pretty mature. But I feel like this album is the most mature, um, lyrically of all the albums. And I think this comes from 10 years of marriage. Like, yeah, I've been exactly, married for yeah, 10 years. Exactly. Now, so I, yeah. I'm starting to get a little bit of wisdom here. <laughs> exactly. And that's the point of marriage or in having relationships. Exactly. You should be more wiser. If you're the same person at 23 than 33, then you're probably an a-hole because a-holes never grow and mature. All right. Let's see what Sir Perez of Orange has to say about this. Yes. This demo had come with drum loop and the bass line played on an actual bass. My memory banks fail often, but something tells me the bass player for this song was someone other than Jason. You can quote me on that, but you might look foolish if you do. The vocal lines were played as a synth line which was supported with a thin corrosive pad. I got my Mifux on it. It became a very synthetic robotic affair. I used a drum machine. I replaced that great bass line and added a lot of little staccato lines, with a sound much like that Joe Crow song that people like to cover. This version transformed into the one you hear on the record. hits from a famous gothic band named after a German art school from the early 1900s. I came up with a little melody line at opening and that resurfaces on the choruses after being inspired by the Cure's Let's Go To Bed marimba sounding melody. I wasn't that in love with this song while I was working on it, but I absolutely love how it came out. Oh, I almost forgot. This song was used on a commercial for a Fox television show called, Lie To Me. 
I almost dropped a stitch when I happened to be watching TV and that came on. No way. I hope Martin got some uh, good residuals from that. Um, I don't think the Martins don't get residuals in a lot of things they should get residuals. <laughs> Alright, so um, A, I think it's really cool that he could just listen to it like, yeah, that's not that's not Jason playing bass. He, he could just tell by just listening to it. I, and uh, I think this is Malina Marcritus, because that's bull crap. Like, he's gonna not take the three seconds to Google or Come on, or he probably has a copy of the album if he played on it and to see that Steven Dell played bass. Like, I don't know, that's the you know what I mean. Mm. And maybe he's like, um, what's his name from Ellen? Oh, I can't remember his name now. Gosh, I'm losing, I'm so old. But the guy from Ellen, and like maybe, and Jason, maybe he's just not on the internet and doesn't know how to Google stuff. Mm-hmm. Seems weird that they you. wouldn't be able to. It's just kind of strange. I think the other <laughs> the other cool part of that is he referenced the Joe Crow song everyone likes to cover. Yeah, yeah. He specifically talked about compulsion. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. Jason covered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, that, that's fascinating. That was my next comment. That was my next comment. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm just I'm feeling sus. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to figure it out. This is not going to be over tonight. <laughs> I'm, I'm texting and emailing people in the Starfire universe right now. We're going to, we might get to the bottom of it tonight. I don't think so, but I don't know how people's schedules are, but we're going to get to the bottom of it. <laughs> All, right. All right. Next we have birthday. Go um, Sam. Go ahead. This one might be probably my third favorite track. I, I first mm-hmm. say monsters like probably my number two. Mm. I might usually give like a top three, you know. Mm. I think birthday might be my third, mainly because this has like an almost punk quality to it. It does. Like it's a punk song, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still all programming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love like the violin sense in it, which once mm-hmm. again give me talking voice versus singing voice vibes. I really wonder. Absolutely. I wonder if a lot of these were like leftovers from talking voice versus singing voice i'm thinking that too um like a lot of leftover like demos he had laying around um and yeah i just i love the the punk quick quality to it it's also worth noting julie gets better with every album like you can tell on that first album she maybe wasn't as familiar with singing mm-hmm. um but as she's progressed, you can hear her like getting more confident and just better at singing as people do throughout time went with practice. And I love it. Um, from what I could understand of the lyrics when I wrote this down initially, and I think the lyrics I read from you pretty much confirmed it anyways, is um, the theme. And this kind of just carries on the theme of of human relationships. Yes. I don't need things for my birthday. I just need you. Right? Um, and that's a very it's that's such a common played out theme, but somehow here it feels more urgent. Like um this song is just I don't know. All because it's very you see it in a lot of t- um sitcoms. Oh, I don't want anything for my birthday but you. I think I just need you as a person. But when you put this in the context of like 
Starflyer 59. 2008 is like or the last one of the best year. Christmas songs ever. All I want for Christmas is you. <laughs> right. Um, but 2008 is the last time Jason toured. So, like, mm-hmm. this song could be a little bit about why Jason stopped touring. His wife said, I want you home. And he said, Okay, I'm coming home. I'm, I'm going to be here for your birthday. I'm not going to be out on you anymore. So, that's my thoughts. And I agree with you, Sam. Like, um, a lot of times, it's not, I know it's cliche, but it's true. And for me, too, it's not about the gifts you give me. It's about the thought. And, like, in the song, it says, did you see me a car? Give me something to know you tried, know that you care, know that you came by. Did you try? Did you try? And, you know, it's like, it's, when you give somebody a gift, when you give that to the person, when that that instant they get it, are they gonna think, "Wow, you 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 thought about this, or this is what I asked for, or this is what I wanted, or was it just something that you just got?" You know what I mean? Like, "Oh, here's a box of chocolate or something," you know? Or did you get them like the a pair of socks because they know like orthopedic socks because they're having feet problems or something like that? You know what I mean? Like when you get a gift instantly, and I think that's what this song's about. And then I think there might be some truth to what you're saying. Um, Sam, because the course goes, it's my birthday, blah, blah, blah. For another year, I played a licks. Let me give you a kiss. And it could have been, yeah, that's like, uh, it's cool. You could tour, but I would rather you just kiss me. I don't know if this is Jason singing it to Julie or Julie singing to Jason, but I guess, and you know, I, I'm with you, Sam. I think that might be what's going on here. And this is my favorite song on this album. It's four stars. That intro. That eh, 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 straight volcanic fury. And I'm with you. It's like that power punk sound, which I know people hate Blink-182 and The Offspring and all that stuff. But that that music is amazing to me. It's just like, again, like the Ramones. Like It's like a formula that just really clicks in, the, in my brain and probably a lot of people's brains. That's why the, that music's popular. And it just like scratches that itch. It's just, it's just like, it just feels good when you hear it. And if you're having a bad day, and like I did have these last two weeks, I was having a particularly bad, sad day, and I'm like, you know, I'm just, I'm just gonna do some research and I'm gonna listen to this album and try to understand these lyrics because it's hard to. And this song comes on that engine and just like instantly, like there was just like a smile on my face. It was just like, it's hard to not be happy <laughs> and listen to this song. Um, if you're having a bad day. Listen to this song. It'll dis- disabuse you of your your negative blues. God, Perez, it's up there with Ronnie Martin. If he's not Ronnie Martin, and and Richard Swift on these synths, because Richard Swift is also a dynamo on Simpson keyboards. It's just the talent on this song and throughout all these songs. It's just like a next level. Like the Simpson drum beats are like conveying human emotions, and like it. <sighs> It's just, wow, I, I, I'm ashamed that it took me so long to appreciate this. And after the first course, Julie does some vocalizations. Uh, uh, and it sounds like Dolores Ordorian um, or, or from um, the Cranberries, rest in peace. And then the second and third verses, um, she sounds more like Allison Goldfrapp from the band. Goldfrapp, it's more, uh, more vibrant. So you get like 
this this dichotomy of the beginning of the song it's kind of like you know sometimes people don't come through for you your birthday so it's kind of sad but then the second half the person comes through and is more happy and light masterful nice dichotomy again best song in this album and like this song monster don't mind there's other ones i'll listen to them like i've listened to these songs on repeat and for me it's very hard to listen to songs on repeat like for me i hear something like okay, i have my flow i'm good but and i'll mention other songs we go through but so far monster don't lie birthday and best friend which we haven't got to yet sorry <laughs> i can listen to and repeat and just love it each time all right well, let's see what mike rez has to say about birthday Birthday, this was the second song that we worked on. This one came together quickly. I stole some drums from Dare Commissar and off I went. The synth bassline that drives the song came pretty quickly. not much of a musician. I learned a lot from Jason about building the percussion elements in songs which I have always used since then. Birthday is a fun song. I love the under... Birthday is a fun song. <laughs> and he said it's a punk song like we both said. Yes! <laughs> exactly. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, let's go ahead and um, let's just let Mike talk first in this next one because we've been doing so much talking. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, track four, Best Friend. Best friend? Okay. This song has redeeming qualities, but I was never 100% happy with the synth stuff I did for the first minute and a half. Something about the sound and the rhythm doesn't sit correctly with me. I pretty much did the basic drums and bassy synths. I think the rest of the song sounds fantastic. Like I said it has redeeming qualities. Thank you. 
speaking of redeeming qualities, Jason took some of my bass from best friend and created bad friend out of it. This song was a surprise to me when I heard the final track sequence. I was like, holy smokes, I helped make a Depeche Mode song. take it away Aaron you there yes yes I'm sorry I was communicating with some people and um, from a very reliable um, source Mike Perez is a real person (laughs) so sorry Sam all right so best friend industrial pop give me more of this um, that drum programming at the beginning of the courses and throughout is a slice of heaven. The synth um, slash guitar solo from two minutes and six seconds to 224 is like a glass of iced sweet tea on a hot summer day in the South. It's just so refreshing, just washes over the soul. And of course, my lyric um, that I. Um, <clears throat> um lit with the show you know there's three is always a crowd forget the five and make nine make nine five nine star five and i wonder if that's and i know i heard that i've listened to that so many times it's not mine not mine it's nine <laughs> i'll fight anybody who thinks differently i i i did my due diligence um, unless Jason or Julie says something differently, then I'll be like, okay, I heard it wrong. <laughs> um, four stars on this too. My sixth favorite song. Um, what do you think, Sam? Um, so this song is even more of that like thick electronica techno. Um, I hear some of the gothic influences returning from Monster. Honestly, um, it's that I think it's just that kind of deep dark minor chord sounding synthies doing um but i think the music might be menacing on purpose i mean maybe it was just the way uh perez decided to go with it um but i think the music might be menacing on purpose as the lyrics once again repeat themes of not replacing people with things you know like um the best things in life are free, not if you're a girl like me. And that is said after the line, you know, diamonds are a girl's best friend, but not for me. So I think, once again, it's repeating that themes of marriage being hard, but worth fighting for. And here's what I mean. The best things in life are free, but not if you're a girl like me. You don't really want a free marriage, an easy marriage. Because if it's easy and it's free, that means you have nothing invested in it. And if you have nothing invested in it, why keep it? You know, it's it's like that whole entire, if you have nothing in it, what's it worth to you? It's and, like, yeah, yeah, I hear you. And like uh, going to the theme of the Lies album, like, yeah, if you 
never give your money for a girl like me. And so, and that's, you can take that in many ways. And how I took that as like, yeah, like you said, I think you're right. Interpreting the narrator in this song is not a person who just wants the material things in life, you know? And if you try to buy that person, that's a lie because this person is trying to connect with you again on a human level. And so if you're just using materialism, because living a life of materialism is a lie. That's not, it's not what life's about. And so I think you're right on that, Sam. Continue. That's, that's kind of it. Like it just, the themes of this album follow so nicely from the other songs and will follow up on other songs in this album. Mm-hmm. And it just, um, I think, and we'll just talk about bad friend here because Mike Perez did too. Uh, it's a good song we gotta talk about it what are you talking about i mean i don't have much to say about it it's an okay what you don't oh my god um it reminds me most of um uh what's the follow-up song to i like your photographs i cannot think of it uh Uh, moves on moves on moves on yeah it reminds Mm -hmm. me a lot of that which i think works great as an interlude Mm-hmm. But not necessarily as a standalone track. Hmm. So that's my thoughts as best friend and bad friend. So this is three stars. My ninth favorite song in this album. It's a nice reprise to the previous song. Um, Jason's guitars are thick and menacing, uh, just like on the pre. You know, best friend is very menacing. So it continues that over. The synths are in the bass against Steven. Great job they're equally menacing um this is the stank face song you know the, you know what that is um sam a stank face yeah it's just like when someone's yeah, just when, like they're upset you can look at it yeah like, yeah like like when you're like when you're in a live show and somebody's just feeling to get it and just got that stank face they're just like but you know they're just feeling it this song has that um i love that it's called bad friend because the song before it is best friend and obviously if diamonds are your best friend that's probably a bad friend because living from materialism is not good that's a bad friend and for, and you're right it's, it's essentially a reprise just like moves on on leave Air stranger but it's really good and it's like a minute or something i can't remember but it's three stars it's amazing and i think honestly um, because when I first listened to this album, yeah. I heard like Bad Friend and then I heard Bad Dreams and both of them were remixes, which they both have the word bad in them. That's kind of funny. <laughs> and uh, and I, I think that's what kind of led to me not appreciating this album as much because I was like, why does it need three different versions of Monster? <laughs> you know, that's, my brain was painting. You know? And so I... I never thought that. Yeah, that's funny. But so, I think when I've heard the, the the times before this week, I probably listened to this album like three times, and I never got that deep because I just like kind of listened to it like casually. So there's that. All right, let's talk about. Um, why don't you lead us off, Aaron, on diary? All right. It's not okay. So I write it down in my diary. <laughs> All right, this song is straight. Out of the 80s, this is such an 80s song to me. It's my fifth favorite song on this album. Another four-star song. 
and 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 I've talked about it before. Like, um, I drive a lot. No new kind of story. Like, there's these like hypnotic Jason songs, um, where it just comes on, and I'm just like locked into the groove of the music, and I don't really pay attention to the music. And I remember, like, when I the the first few times I listened to this album, like, I would just like casually listen to it. But when this song came on. And I would like buck up and listen to it, and um, and this would have been my first favorite song before this, you know, those last two weeks. But it's number five now because I've listened to these other songs. But yeah, this is one of those hypnotic songs, and um, and the other songs, the four favorite before this, they're just like pop perfection where I can just I can engage in it and listen to the lyrics and listen to everything whereas this one i'm just like locked in just into the groove of it anyway um the guitars after the chorus sound like a cotton candy buzzsaw so good so it's like menacing but comforting at the same time love it um and a minute and 40 seconds there are some um something that sounds like bongos but i'm sure like some drum programming by Mr. Perez Stent is definitely a real person. <laughs> um, God, it is such a catchy song, though. <laughs> it's, yeah, my fifth favorite song, Four Stars. What do you think? Uh, or let's, Mike? let's hear um, the very real. Mike, Mike yeah. called you an AI. Um, yeah, we're going through a whole, uh, a whole, I don't know, we're going through stuff here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> this is a uh, welcome to Starflyer 59, where you get to see us lose control of our lives. <laughs> this was the first song that we worked on. Casio samples, great flats, and cowboy. What more is there to say? This started out from Jason as a 1950s inspired charmer, in the same way that I'd characterize the good life as kinda 1950s. I mean, it doesn't really sound like a 50s song, but there is something in the spirit of the tune that conveys that innocence. Real drum sounds, couple of guitar lines, and a Friends of P sounding synth line taking place of the vocals. I primarily stuck with the drums and bass lines. I normally make multiple bass parts that play over each other. This song is no exception. Okay, I absolutely love that original guitar demo. I just want to hear a Starflyer 59 version of this song now. Um. I also want to hear, uh, I'm with you that, but you're right. And I would love to hear, okay, 
I would love to hear a Joy Electric remix of this still with Julie voice uh, vocals. Well, it's funny you say that. Cause the first thing I wrote down was immediate Joy Electric vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like this exactly. song has Joy Electric vibes. And like, I mean, and I'm not 100% on the lyrics because, but there's some Joy Electric S lyrics on this. About like you the family tree. And yeah, time, and the kings and queens, and ancient grace and stuff, yeah. That is very joy-y, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> was, this, was this song secretly co-written by Ronnie? I, I... Maybe, it could be. <laughs> I mean, they're brothers. I mean, <laughs> how many Joy Legend songs might have been co-written by Ronnie? Like those super obtuse, like Lifeguard 21? Or maybe... <laughs> Maybe this could also go back to my original theory. This was originally a um, dance house children track that he pulled from the vaults. Could be, yeah, it could be. Uh, we don't know. I don't know how these people live. <laughs> so, what I find most fascinating—I think that guitar is killer, though. I'm loving it, and Julie's vocals in this, the way her melody goes gives me like summer pop vibes so i'm getting that 50s vibe he's talking about because her vocal melody alone just gives like the summer pop i'm thinking like disney's princess diaries the early 2000s and then i i love that it brings me back to my youth because the whole entire song is about the power of memories and how, you know, time will wear us all away. It doesn't matter if you're a king or queen. Time is going to kill us all. And so all we have is our memories to hold on to that makes this family tree. And this whole album. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So like the, the power of memories is what's going to, you know, get us through the hard times. Essentially is what I take as the message of the song. We don't want to forget, especially don't forget. Don't forget the good times, especially don't forget the bad times, because they're what makes us us. And that's why I think it's so hilarious that the song immediately brings me back to like my 12 year old self, because that's that's my memories, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's just so magical. Absolutely. magical. This whole this whole album is, you know, and I th- I'm sure, pretty sure we mentioned this, that so, certain albums, um, that's, albums fall into uh um seasons there's summer albums winter albums fall albums spring albums whatever and this is definitely a summer album to me although i hate summer but this helps make it and i'm glad we're recording this in summertime because it helps make summer bearable because good music just makes everything bearable but i I disagree but i'll I'll, I'll hit this on the end remind me and i'll hit this on the end (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but and like you mentioned about memories and like okay gosh um it the okay quick the movie inside out animated hate animated movies is really good psychology based and like there's a scene in there where it's based off of psychology and science that shows that um we memories can change memories into from a good experience to a bad experience in the movie, it happens whether the protagonist has a good experience, but then they look back because they're now in a bad situation and it changes into a negative experience. And so memories aren't finite, they're not solid, they're very fluid, like lots of things in this life. 
And so just because you write something down in your diaries of memory, that doesn't necessarily make it true. And when I listen to this song, I think about that, you know, and it just reminds me of that. Just because you write something down from your perspective at that time, that's not how it actually is because you are seeing things from a unique person that, um, perspective that is you. And, you know, there's three sides to every story. But anyway, Summer, you love Summer. Go ahead, Sam. Um, I don't love Summer. I prefer Fall. But, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Inside Out is one of my all-time favorite movies. But oh, yeah. It's my favorite movie, and I hate animated movies. Oh, I love animated movies, <laughs> but I, I love stand Inside it. Out, regardless. <laughs> um, so, yeah. It's the, I, I didn't it's, if if anyone that, out I, here, hold on. If anyone hasn't seen that movie, watch it. I'm a therapist. It'll be the cheapest therapy session you'll ever pay for. It's amazing. Go ahead, Sam. Dude, that movie <laughs> makes you think. It makes your life make so much more sense when you watch it. it. You're like, oh, I get it. It it is for it's for adults more than it is for children. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right. Um, Let's let's talk about the good life. This song. um, It feels Mm. like it's been a minute since we've gotten a Jason Beach song. Welcome back, Beach Song. I'm happy to hear (laughs) Jason. All these are Beach songs. What are you talking about? (laughs) <laughs> it has the straight beach riff at the beginning. Okay, all right. Who's going first, Sam? Um, so I'll go because I don't have okay, what to say about this. Um, I love the analog sounding violins, which I'm curious to hear Mike if he has something to say about that. But the analog sounding violins, like they sound just fake enough to sound cool, and I love it. <laughs> um, and I think this song is the sequel to West Coast Friendship. Um, mm. In tone, it has that West Coast friendship oh. tone. Not lyrically, but musically. Okay, all right. I think the message is similar as well in the fact that it's a good life no matter how bad it gets. Mm. Okay. I'm living this life, so that makes it good, even okay. no matter how crappy it is. Just like West Coast friendship, these are the best days of our lives, crazy as it seems. And this song, I feel like, it kind of acts as a more mature sequel to that, saying the worst days of your life are still a good life if you mm-hmm. learn from it, you grow from it, and you have, you know, someone to work through it with. Gotcha. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on this. Aaron, what do you got? All right. This is lyrically the hardest song to listen to. Like, this is like the one song that I could not get all the lyrics. I'm sorry. I tried. I did my best. Um, But I think like what you're saying, um, what I've heard is like, baby, don't cry because I hurt the plan. And then um, the second verse, trust, trust in me because I have a plan for you and for me. It's for all of us. And like, um, I'm sure like the lyrics I can't hear is probably about like you were saying in West Coast Friendship, like things aren't going good, but they're going to turn out. And that's what I got from this song. Um, another four stars. Um, it's my seventh favorite song. Um, this is the most noisiest song on this album. It's pop. Noise Flyer 59. The breakdowns are 60s pop slash with punk slash experimental noise perfection um the baseline is so effing amazing 
the song alone made me want to kidnap Jason, <laughs> Julie, Mike, and Steven, and force them to just record songs until they die. <laughs> they capture lightning with this album. It's just so good. It's just like those were. I mean, it's it's just it's just catchy. It's all get out. How you not like this song? You know, that's all I gotta say about that. What what say you, Mike Perez, the man of the hour? I didn't know about this song until I heard the final album. It was kind of a shock to my ears initially, only because sonically the palette was different than the songs that came before it. After hearing it through, I loved it. So many good things about it. Tubular bells that don't sound quite right. The separate channeled guitars. Julie's bar 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 bar. The 60s sounding picked bass and combo organ. You get the picture. Speaking about those tubular bells. Next time you listen to The Good Life. Sing the letters M-O-U-S-E to the pitch of the tubular bells at the end. Okay. Did he call them tubular bells? <laughs> I think so. Right? That's right, tubular bells, right? I guess. I don't know. I just... What, what, what do you think they were called? I've, I've always heard them as tubular bells. What were you thinking? I just thought they were bells. I don't know. You don't know what tubular bells are? Oh, my God, Sam. Bless your heart. <laughs> I'm going to do that, though, tonight. I'm going to do that. M-O-U-S-C. <laughs> oh, was that like a Disney thing? Was that a Disney reference he was doing? Maybe, like, the Mouseketeers. I can't support anything Disney. Except that I have Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Thanks, All Obama. Right. Um, let's go ahead and keep marching forward. Uh, I just... I'll, I'll, I'll take this next one if you want. Uh, okay, yeah, we can do that. Girlfriend in a coma, which is a Smith's cover. So you guys already know what's coming. Two stars, my 11th, last, least favorite song in this album. Shocker. Um, that, um, just another Smith's last Morrissey cover that Jason did. FML. But Julie's sugary sweet vocals keeps this song from sounding from veering into the despair and utter depression level that the Smiths usually inspire. The drums and the synths also help with that. And I listened to the Smiths version of it, and it didn't sound too depressing. I just assumed it was super depressing, and I really put it off. And I was like, I have to listen to this song so I can make an accurate comparison. Um, yeah, Bon Voyage just covers way better. It's not in the Smiths. It's not depressing, but it's not enjoyable. I mean, uh, it's meh. It's meh. I will say that. <laughs> Who's next? <laughs> I'm glad you went first. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I said it's only a matter of time till we got a Smiths cover on an official release, not just the B-Sides collection. So, um, yeah, apparently, you know, around the time of dial on he was just feeling all new wavy and smiths inspired um and this song i've heard the, so the first time i heard the song was actually the the band bleach covering it so i've it's it's an odd choice of a song for two distinctly christian bands to cover i feel like um but i, I think, think starfly I, is not really a christian that christian band 
I mean, they. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah they're, they're not. They fall into the that trope still, regardless. Yeah. Um, but even with that said, I think this is a you know a great catchy Smith song. Um, it's definitely one of their most popular ones. And um, you know the la 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 la. I love that. Um. And I think this song still plays into the themes of loving someone despite their flaws. So, like, there's the line in it. There were times when I could have murdered her. Um, Please let her come out of this. Like, if you've been married for ten years, you may not literally want to murder your spouse. But there are days when you're like, I... I'm, I could right now. I am so frustrated. But at the same time, you know with deep within your heart, you would never want anything to happen to them. And that um, that kind of contrasting emotions, I think, plays into the themes of this album very well, actually. Chris Rock had a fun, uh, famous joke. Is like Andy said, if you never looked in the mirror and, and practiced your alibi for murdering your spouse, you've never been in love. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> He's not. That's why it's messed up and funny at the same time. It's so true. <laughs> All right. So let's see what Mike Perez has to say about Girlfriend in a Coma. Take it, Mr. Perez, who's actually a person. Girlfriend in a Coma, hum. I'm so thankful that Jason and Julie are there to distract you from what I did on this track. The vocals and all of the instrumentation make this song sound great. After listening to the Smith song too many times, I blocked out the sections and went to work on my usual bass and drums. I used a pretty nondescript set of drum sounds. I suppose they do the job. I usually like to make or lay a drum sound so they have a little life in them. The bass was nothing special, in my opinion. Drum and bass in a coma. Drum and, Drum and bass in a coma. <laughs> <laughs> they should have called it that and just did the re um just did the song and of course did the credits. So it should have been called Drum and Bass in a Coma. <laughs> I that's a band name. That's amazing. That should be a band name or I don't know, a slogan. It should be something. <laughs> All right. We know Bad Dream is mainly Perez's creation, so let's hear his thoughts on it first. Bad Dream. Probably my favorite of the album. Can you tell I was listening to Goldfrapp's Black Cherry? This was fun to make. Yes. From what I recall, Jason asked me if I wanted to re-imagine Monster. Like I mentioned, I was really into what Will Gregory was doing at that time. So with that, and some Martian spiders rolling around in the back of my head, I plugged in my phaser and got at it. The version that's on the album is a slightly different mix than the one I intended to send, but it's pretty darn close. This is why labeling files clearly is important. And earlier I mentioned, like, with Julie's vocals, I can't remember what song it was. I'm going to say birthday, maybe. Um, I, I reference Allison Goldfrapp, and Will Gregory is the other guy that he's, it's a duo. He's the, so she's a singer, she's a vocalist, and Will Gregory does all the programming and the, and the drum beats and all that stuff. And so that's really interesting that he mentioned that. Okay, so I'm feeling some Goldfrapp on vibes on this. I get it. Okay. 
Tell me your other thoughts on it, Aaron. Um, it's my third favorite song on this album. Um, do I like this better than Monster? Yeah, Monster was four. Yeah, four star song. Um, this is such a heavy remix. I, and yeah, and yeah, this is better than original. Um, those robot sounds in the background that sound like they're talking are to die for. Um, I don't know. Um, did per- so I'm, uh, you know, some, you know, you mentioned it, Sam, that um, this is mostly Perez. So he did this remix. Um, and since he did this, I think we need um, a Starfire 59 album where Mike Perez is, picks 10, 12 of his favorite Starfire out songs and does a remix of them because these remixes are better than, I'm sorry, anything that Ronnie's done, that Daniel Brightman remix, any, anybody who's remixed a Starfire song. I think this is, I know it's not Starfire songs, it's Bon Voyage, but it's still Jason. This is a freaking really good remix. Um, and the outro, the outro with the all the altered vocals, hair stand on my arms, good. It's so good. Um, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's essentially, it is a remix, and it's the third best song on this album. It's amazing. Well, I'm glad you feel that way. It's not my favorite. Um, I think <laughs> I think Dale is good, but I like the original better. That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's um, keep it moving. All right, I'll go ahead and talk about. Um, so Perez caps these two together, so I think it's fitting that we do as well. All right. So, um, LTD, I love this complete 180 into like limited. It's like it's complete 180 into pastoral dreamscapes. Mm-hmm. Like what I imagine, like just hanging out in the middle of like an, a, a giant field of wheat or something. This song, or of grass, or you know, wildflowers, whatever. I wish we could have had more of this on this album because it brings such a softness that I feel like the album's been lacking. The album's been so harsh and gritty. I think it's been fun, but this soft, this right here is, I don't know, it just it adds to it. I love the scratchy record effects. It has so much personality in this. It might be this fits my personality better. It's more laid back. And I think this would have been a completely different album if this is the, 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 uh, way they would have taken it the entire time which leads us straight up into wake up makeup mm-hmm. uh, and the pastoral ideas carried right into it this sounds like something that was released between talking voice versus singing voice in my island um it's just such a beautiful song it's like such a perfect ending and here's why um, I think Martin slams the ending tracks so many times, more times than not. The ending track is just perfect. Like, you know, your company is just the perfect closer. Stop to it. Stranger. Um, I'm going to body slam you. <laughs> the only mis- you're right. That's the only that's the only misstep. But you're right. Everything else is a great closer. And. I love that after all this song, this whole entire album about conflicts and relationships and tension 
and hurting each other and lying to each other, but still working through it. The ending idea is the sun will never shine until we wake up. We've wasted so much time. Why can't we make up? And ultimately, ultimately, this is what marriage is ultimately about. Um, You have to like just suck it up, make up to each other, both sacrifice your own ego and make this work. And this hints at the daylight at the end of possibly. um, I know you called this a a, um, summer album, but lyrically, it's possibly one of the darkest Bon Voyage albums. Summer is a dark time. And this is like the, the daylight at the end of this. That's why I think this is a spring album. This is so we know that I think the original Bon Voyage album, that's a summer album. That's happy. I'm in love. This is awesome. The right amount is a fall album. This is, hey, we're kind of getting into rough times, but we're still going to be all right. This album is I'm coming out of winter into spring. And I think most of the album's a winter album, but then this last two tracks are the spring at the end, the, the morning at the end of the awful deadness. And it is, it's beautiful. This is my number one favorite track, obviously. If that's not awesome. What? What? I love this track. Oh, my. Bless your heart. Who's going next, Sam? Uh, let's, let's hear what Perez says before you just try to butcher it. <laughs> These two songs were new to me when I heard the album. I love them. Limited is a beautiful floating transition that serves as a soft bridge to the final track wake up make up you know those songs that instantly strike a chord with you this is one for me there is something so familiar about this song that makes it a joy to listen to this song is a goosebump producer and i love it aaron what do you got i got 99 problems with this song these songs ain't one um Limited LTD, um, two and a half stars. I mean, I will, if it was longer, it'd be, I mean, it's good. Like if, if what was, if this, if, if they play, if, if what was played on this was doubled to make it a uh, two and a half minute, uh, three minute song, this would easily be a three and a, three and a half, four star album, but it's just too, I'm um, song. I'm sorry, but it's just too short. I really enjoy this um, chilled down because you're right. There's so much. It's aggressive, a poppy. It's poppy, but aggressive and abrasive. And I'm with you. If there were like two or three more two one to two minute intro um, instrumentals like this, it would have put this song into a whole nother level. And I'm with you because it's 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 a lot. But yeah, I mean, some breakups of that would have been very appreciated. Um um, but anyway, it's still a pretty song. It sounds like um, it's mostly Mike playing on this. I mean, I'm sure I hear Jason's guitars, but I think most of everything else, I didn't hear too much bass. I think it was just like a sense and drum machines. Well, I could Mike be wrong. said that this was new to him, so I think these are both completely Martin productions. Huh. Okay. All right. Still love it. All right. Wake up, make up. Three stars. Um, my eighth favorite song. Um, this song sounds like if Depeche Mode and Sixpence collabed on a song. 
um, the course to this song could have been in every rom-com in the early aughts. Like, this, I could just think of so many Double Rose Prada. I could go down the line. Just, like, so many songs this would have fit in perfectly. Um, this is a good ending. Um, like you said, um, it's a solid pop song. That was an, and it's so annoying. Like, although this is my favorite, this is not my favorite song in this album. This is just such a perfect pop song. It's just criminal to me that this song was not picked up on some compilations, some movies, something, a commercial or something that, like, just went into the stratosphere. It's just like pop perfection again. Um, yeah. We have racial injustice, we have rapid inflation, we have persistent homelessness, and no one appreciating the greatness of this song and this album. Those are the major problems in this country right now, and we need to solve them. <laughs> it's just, it's too much. This album should have been certified 10 times platinum over because so many of these songs, like the production on these songs and what they created, you could have taken them and put a Britney Spears singing over any song in this album, and it would have been a monster hit. And it's a shame this didn't happen. These are the crimes that we have to reckon with our, in our lives right now. That's all I got to say about this song. And I guess that's the end of the album. All right, so let's hear uh, Mike Perez's last thoughts on this. Yeah. Mm. Thanks again for having me on. I had a great time revisiting these songs and sharing my memories with you. Okay. <laughs> um. So this album, um, you know, my nine, my nine point rating system, um, music, mm -hmm. I give it two and a half. Um, I think the music is pretty darn good in this. Um, I, I, I'm trying to decide if I like the production in this or if I like the production and the, the right amount better. I can't decide. It's a toss up. The lyrics. Originally, I gave it a two. Mm -hmm. Then we talked about them, and I gave them a two and a half. Now I want to give the lyrics a three. I am especially Wake Up Makeup. Exactly. Like, I'm giving these lyrics a three. They are just so good. You should. You should. They are the culmination of everything Bon Voyage is about. Mm -hmm. um, overall, I give it a two. It's a solid album. I think it's easy to overlook because the production is mm -hmm. so aggressive. Mm -hmm. It's like so in your face, so aggressive, it's easy to kind of just slide over. But this is a solid seven and a half out of nine. One of the probably the highest Bon Voyage album rating I give it. Wow. Yeah. I'd be okay. curious to see if I went back though, if how the others would stack up. I don't know. They'd probably go up, I think. Um, I didn't cry on this one. The last Bon Voyage review I cried on. And I think if I go back, whatever I gave it, I'm sure it's gonna go up because I'm really appreciating what the whole Bon Voyage project was. And I'm with you, Wake Up, Make Up, even though, like I'm saying, it's like my eighth favorite song. There's just that, that chorus, we wasted so much time. Why can't we make up, make up, wake up? The sun will never shine until we wake up, make up. And that's a simple thing. But it's, and like Terry Taylor said, Jason can say so much with so little. And that's such a simple sentiment, but it's so true. And the sun, to me, meaning our relationship, when you, whether it be a child, a um, parent, employer, employee, husband, wife, whatever, friend, friend, 
until you talk about whatever disagreement you had, the sun's never going to shine. You're never going to be happy. You're never going to have the warmth of that relationship again until you wake up and realize that the relationship is more important than whatever resentment or hurt you're holding on to. And if you can't do that, the sun's never going to shine. But when you do, you can make up. And, you know, it's just like so simple, but so poignant. And and I'm glad that you changed your mind on the lyrics. And for me, like before, like just going in blind, like if you ask me like, oh, this, and, you know, it's probably like a four or five, um, you know, on um out of nine for me because you know it's a jason martin thing but you know going in deep dive and everything lyrically three oh, gosh i can't believe i'm about to do this lyrically three music three because this stuff is still relevant if you you can you, this could still be playing on the radio and this overall music this is like an eight for me man overall very nice it's a great album it really is it's and and it's just go ahead i liked it more than i thought i would like it and i i i'm finding that as a trend with jason projects his projects are not for light listening i mean they can be you can throw you can throw everybody makes mistakes on in the background and enjoy it Mm -hmm. but when you actually sit down and look at them that's when they hit you square in the chest because Jason Martin is not Backstreet Boys. He's not king or, king or country. He's an artist. He's making art. Art has to be engaged with. Yes, you can enjoy it casually, just like a casual person can look at a Picasso or a Van Gogh or listen to When Doves Cry and like, oh, that's a good song. But when you look at it and you break those things down, you see it's art. Even this, in which well, I said it again, this is a pop album. And I'm sure Jason sat down and said, I'm going to make a pop album. And he did. But pop can be art. And this is art, pop art. That's fine. Such a good album. I'm so I'm so mad that I'm gonna be listening to this. This is gonna be a repeat, man. Like I've been listening to this album so much. I'm like, why didn't I get into this sooner? Like I've had this since 2008, and I probably before this these two weeks I probably listened to this album like three or four times. (laughs) Get it together, Anderson. (laughs) How am I living my life, man? I need to get. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I I don't know. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. I all right so guys thank you so much for spending almost an hour and a half with us we've had a blast thank you mike perez for working with us we're sorry you we are welcome <laughs> <laughs> that, that wasn't that wasn't mike <laughs> but yeah it, it's been a blast and yes and i'm so glad we rediscovered this album because I need to be for me. So if anything, for me, this was a blessing because I need to listen to this album more. And as always, uh, my name is Samuel. My name is Aaron. Thanks for listening. Or guys, we appreciate you listening. Absolutely. God bless. Good night. This is another team media production. Bye.